Uh, well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, I, I had my sermons all set for the, the Lenten season. As we begin Ash Wednesday, I preached the first in that particular series that, that I had designed. And then for, for whatever reason, you say, well, well hopefully, maybe the, the Lord speaks to our pastor at times. Hopefully, you know, we hope that. I decided to make a change. And, and so I began to preach on, on fear. And last week was on doubt. And tonight is on worry. Now, about a month ago, I, I knew that that's what I wanted the, this series to be. And, and so it, it's not to, I just extemporaneously changed um, because of, of the resulting conditions. But yes, uh, the plan was tonight to preach about worry. Uh, we're kind of worried, aren't we? We have all, all these stories in, in the media and we have uh, you know, the, the social structure even kind of closing uh, down and you, you drive over to the, the Walmart to try to buy toilet paper and the whole aisle is just completely empty. And people are walking around in the stores and they're saying, well, what's going on here? Are we going to have you know, food coming to our store next week? And, and you know, my, my son Andrew just learning today that his school is closing for the rest of the semester and he has to take classes online to try to fulfill the requirements. We're starting to, to worry about what's going to happen next year. Even if we make it through the, the summer, will the government do this kind of thing again? Even if we make it through the next two weeks, will they make some decisions next month that will affect our entire life? And so we worry. I had my son turned down the, the lights uh, tonight and yeah, we, you know we still have a, enough light we could see if we had to evacuate for some reason, but it's a ploy, yes, uh, on my part, to put yourself in the position first tonight of the original disciples. For you know we're coming to that season, aren't we? Jesus, our Savior, he was crucified for the sins of the people. The, the disciples, they knew his teaching. They knew that he had said he would rise again after three days. But when Jesus died upon the cross, the disciples, they fled. They, they experienced fear and doubt and worry. In one of the original texts, we find the disciples hiding in a darkened room for fear of the Jews, the Bible says. 
You know, maybe we have just a little bit of a taste of that tonight. That, that kind of fear and doubt and worry. Will Jesus really take care of us? Will Jesus fulfill his promises? He said everything was going to be okay and then he went and died. For the disciples. And they had been out there helping him with his ministry and they had been, you know, very visually seen by the masses and now the Savior has been crucified will we be next the disciples were saying are, are they going to come and get us tonight are we going to meet the same fate that scared them Maybe it kind of scares us as well. We fast forward from that, that time a, a, just a, a little bit into the future because we know that original Christians were persecuted extensively. And uh, of course, you know, we, we kind of know the, the reason why. You know, you know Peter uh, himself goes into the temple and he, he says, you know, you folks crucified the Son of God. And he points the finger. And we say, well, he, he you know, just didn't have etiquette. He, he was emotionally challenged. How could he say that, you know, to, to the people of that day? Wouldn't he realize the consequence of a comment like that. But he was telling the truth. And of course, when, when Peter did it, many people were converted. They said, wow, yeah, we did that. We're in a lot of trouble. Peter, what can we do? How can I be saved? I, I helped crucify the Son of God. What can make it better? Repentance. Finding God's forgiveness. Taking Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's what can make it better. But nevertheless, the original Christians, right, kicked out of the temples. We, we don't want those Christians around. We, we don't think they know what they're talking about. We don't want them in our places of worship. Get those Christians out of here. You remember the original Christians often meeting in caves. Right, with the lights turned out, we can kind of imagine, you know, what would it be like to have been a Christian in that ancient world, having to go and meet in a cave, in secret? We don't want the Roman Empire finding out about us. Because if they find out, we'll at least be arrested. We're going to spend some time in prison if they find us. Furthermore, they, they might take us to the Colosseum and use us as entertainment for the, the pagans that gather. We'll be used for, for sport. We'll be murdered by wild animals or, or gladiators 
Right? We'll, we'll have our you know, body parts strewn across the stadium. And yet, they came out. Yet, those original Christians assembled together simply because the Word of God said, Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves as is the manner of some. In order to keep the Lord's commands, those commands that were so important to those early Christians, they risked death. They met in caves, knowing perhaps they could be next. Uh, dear friends, here we are gathered this evening. And yeah, you know, as far as we know, nobody in Randall has uh, the coronavirus and, and nobody, you know, has, has, you know, been bringing it in from, from some other district. But we can understand that fear, can't we? Almost afraid to go out of our houses. Wondering if, you know, this is really worth it or not. Yeah, but we're taking a little bit of a risk here tonight, perhaps. And it puts us in that very same place, doesn't it? What's going to happen? What was was it safe for me to come out here tonight? Will, will some government agency perhaps take notice? Will, will there be some repercussion? Or am I going to get in trouble? But yeah. I mean, I, I, I myself was actually confronted by a, a Roman Catholic gentleman earlier this week that, that said, what are you doing still having services over there? You know, he, he laid into me. Maybe it, maybe it happens to you. Maybe you have a, a son or daughter that said, oh, you know, Mom and Dad, right? please don't go to that thing tonight. Maybe have friends or neighbors that said, you know, what, what is your church doing? Oh! <gasps> Unbelievable. And yet you and I are following the word of God, aren't we? You see, the, the Bible doesn't just say, hey, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together when it's all flowery and sunshiny. It says just don't do it. The original disciples, they assembled together thinking that they're probably going to die tomorrow. The ancient Christians assembled together thinking that it was against the will of the government and they might be lion food by this weekend. You and I have assembled ourselves together wondering perhaps will a deadly sickness come upon me. And yet, dear friends, 
we assemble because our faith is strong, don't we? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were tasked with that same kind of responsibility. To live out the life God has set before them. To use the kinds of things God had told them to do. And to be an example in a land where they were slaves. And because of their actions, the ruler of the day said, I'm going to put you in that fiery furnace. You have irritated me. You are annoying me. You are not respecting my authority. And so your punishment will be to go into the fiery furnace. Now we can well imagine that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were fearful at times, probably. Right? They had some doubt in their mind. That maybe, perhaps, in the dark of the night, they even thought about turning back, asking forgiveness, saying, oh, we were just confused. But at the very last minute, standing before the king, they didn't do any of those things. Instead, they said, the Lord our God is capable of preserving us from the flames. And even if he doesn't, we will die serving God. That's the profession that they made. They, They didn't even claim that they had the guarantee. They didn't even say, oh, you know, three big old angels came up and they're standing behind us right now and they promised to shield us from that flame. So go ahead, emperor, do it. No, they said, oh, we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. But the Lord our God has said, live my way. Do it my way. Follow my command. God has the power to preserve us when we're following his commands. But even if somehow he doesn't, we would rather die doing God's will. Would rather die. And dear friends, that is what faith is, isn't it? God has told us in the Holy Scripture that he looks down and he sees even the little bird hopping upon the crowd. And if he's going to take care of even the little bird hopping upon the ground, how much more will he care for us? He loves us so much. And he's certainly capable of preserving us from any evil that's out there. But even if he doesn't, wouldn't 
we rather even die doing His will than to live an extra 10 or 15 or 20 years without Him. And that really becomes a question in our age, isn't it? I asked the question a little bit earlier, a couple of weeks ago. You know what? If you had to steal to preserve your own life, would you do it? It's that same question, isn't it? Will I keep the command of God even if it results in Injury, death, starvation, sickness. Why keep it? Or would I rather have have some food in my belly, some extra comfort, not go through the sniffles, and lose my way? Well, dear friends, for you, the the choice was kind of set before you tonight, wasn't it? It would have been so very easy to to not even call me on the phone. I just stayed home, right? And none of your your friends and neighbors would have said a, a word about it. And, you know, everyone would have been real understanding and, you know, it, 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 the fact of the matter is maybe tomorrow if you admit to anyone that you came to church tonight, they might say, what is wrong with you? It could happen, right? But still, you came. And still we're here and we're able to then identify with the Christians going back down through the centuries, aren't we? Those Christians of old that had to hide in the dark cave that kind of given us a, a taste tonight. Those original apostles wondering what had happened as their world seemingly turned upside down. Jesus, their Savior, slain upon the cross. How can we go on? What does tomorrow bring? But let that word of the Lord echo within your mind once more tonight. The Lord who sees even the little birds hopping upon the ground. And he says, Dear children, you are worth more to me than these. God loves you so much. Yet this world is not our home. We're longing for someplace better, aren't we? We're longing for that place where God will wash, will brush every tear from our eyes. We're longing for that place where we won't have to worry about growing old or becoming sick or losing our loved ones. 
We're longing for that place where God welcomes us in with open arms. And he says, well done, my good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a few things. I will set you over many things. Enter now into the joy of your master. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>